The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe, brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you need an opinion about insurance and mortgages, Denise and Lori are people, they're great people to talk with. Just visit the cfax1070.com website and look under shows to find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. And there you'll find their contact information, or you can always reach out to me. I'd be happy to connect you. Also, if you're looking for an expert realtor to purchase or sell your property, you can always call me too. I'm a 26-year local veteran and a top agent with Remax Camosun, Victoria's most productive real estate brokerage. On today's show, we're learning about eliminating embedded odors, airborne pollutants, and service contaminants within any indoor environment. If you or a loved one has a smelly home, you're going to want to stay tuned on today's program. We have in the studio here Andrew McElveen with BioSweep Victoria. And also, we'll be talking about removing moss from your roof, maybe talking about gutter cleaning and windows uh, with returning guest Jason Story from Perfectly Perfectly Clear Window and Gutter Maintenance. Uh, But as always, let's start with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, call us on our hotline, which is 250-414-6540, or find us online again at www.cfax1070.com, and we'll discuss it on air. So first of all, a couple of weeks ago, Susan called asking for advice about removing moss from her roof. Thanks for calling, Susan, and as a result of that, Today on our show, as I mentioned, we're having Jason Story, who will be talking all about that for you and others uh, who, of course, are looking at the roofs right now and seeing all this growth that maybe should be removed. Now, we did have a call, and this week, Mark called in. He wants to sell his rental condo, but he had recently extended the lease with their tenant for another 12 months. He asked what options were and was most interested in how to give incentive for his tenant to move. Okay, we've had a number of questions so far about tenancy. Uh, A couple of months back, we had somebody who was thinking of selling, but they were concerned about upsetting their tenant. Um, We had another one a while ago wanting to know about uh, their obligations as a landlord. And I I seem to recall we talked about the... um, uh, the fact that the owner had to give their two months notice and they had to uh, pay back the last month's rent and things like that. This is a very different story because as Mark had explained to me, he had a tenant uh, in the condo for a month and then uh, renewed, uh, sorry, for a year, for 12 months, and then renewed their lease just on August the 1st. So as of right now, he's got a fair amount more time on uh, his lease. And he thought that he was able to serve the tenant the 60-day notice, uh, as we had talked about before. Now, the biggest difference here is it is not a month-to-month tenancy. So on a month-to-month basis, yes, that 60-day notice period is there, and the reimbursement of the last month's rent is there. The whole point and purpose of a lease is... It prevents the, it keeps the tenant there for the defined amount of time, which is usually 12 months. 
So the tenant is meant to stay there for 12 months. But on the flip side, it also means that the landlord is saying that they're going to keep the tenant there for 12 months. And for most tenants, that means I feel like I'm going to have a home for at least a year where the landlord isn't going to sell or do something like that on me where it'll cause me to move. And that is precisely the reason why a lease is in place. So this question does come up somewhat often, especially when a real estate market changes. When the market got really hot and heavy um, back during the uh, um, the crazy period, we did have a fair amount of owners say, well, I should sell right now because I'll make a lot of money uh, and I need to get out of my lease. Now, See, the, the, the biggest problem here is Victoria does have a really tight rental market as well, too. It's really hard to find anything to rent. And the from what Mark had mentioned, his tenant right now, it seems like their rent is quite reasonable. So thinking from the mindset of the tenant, I don't think they're going to want to move because their rent right now is probably lower than where they're going to find elsewhere. And the other thing, too, is it's never fun moving. I think the tenant would far rather stay in their place than to have to pack up and to move into a likely more expensive uh, Tennessee arrangement. Now, what remedy or, or what can Mark do? Well, the first thing is he would have to have a conversation with the tenant. You've got to be open with the tenant. Transparency is always a good thing. I suggested that he uh, just speak with the tenant and say, listen, I'm thinking of selling and you have your rights as a tenant. Uh, had you considered moving in the near future? And if so, could we work something out? You see, the thing is, you never know where your tenant's at. Could be the tenant's living situation has changed. Maybe their job situation has changed. Maybe they're, maybe they're at this point in time regretting the fact that they signed a 12-month lease because perhaps they're moving back to another province. Whoever knows. But the point is, you should always have that conversation just to find out. Transparency is always a good thing. Now, as far as what sort of incentive can be given to the tenant to move, well, that's a whole other story altogether because there's nothing really written in the books that says that uh, X amount of dollars will make this right. Because, again, it's a lease. It is meant to hold and bind both parties together for the defined amount of time. Now, I've seen a number of things. Let's face it. First of all, a tenant knows that they're entitled to two months' notice and a month, one month's rent back anyways. So... Even if the tenant was amenable to talking about moving before their lease is over, uh, I would suggest that that's probably an absolute minimum that they'd expect. Uh, I have seen cases where the landlord has actually paid a fair amount as an incentive for the tenant to move. Now, of course, the landlords would have to weigh the benefits to them because if they do stand to uh, benefit by a large sale price, then maybe it is worth the cost of doing business. But, you know, the biggest thing here is it's a very sensitive situation. The residential tenancy office is there for a reason. It protects uh, landlords, but it also protects the tenants. It makes sure that tenants aren't asked to leave just for a profit standpoint. That's what they call things like renovictions when people are asked to move because a new owner or a landlord says, well, you know, we're doing a big renovation uh, so you're going to have to leave because you'll have no kitchen, you'll have no bathroom, you'll have no power, whatever, only to find out afterwards that the landlord or the new owner has re-rented the place for a higher rent. Um, it is a, it's a tricky situation. We've had conversations here on this, at 
this show many times before, including with the mayor of Victoria, about affordability. Affordability is a factor, and that is probably one of the biggest uh, stumbling blocks that Mark will have here because, as I mentioned, his rent for the tenant is really reasonable. And um, to me, it seems like the tenant may not want to move uh, unless, of course, like I said, he's got something planned already. For the rest of the listeners, as always, if you have a question, please do call in like Mark did. Our phone number here is 250-414-6540 or find us online at cfax1070.com. As a reminder, too, if you are a podcast listener, uh, our show has podcasts on iTunes or Google Play. If you uh, dialed in just halfway through the segment here or want to listen to some of our past shows, that's a great way to do it. Or, of course, you could always go onto the CFAX website uh, where you'll find streaming our shows as well, too. Now, one thing I do want to mention right now, I had a conversation uh, with uh, a local celebrity. Everyone knows Steve Wallace. Steve Wallace is the driving instructor. Uh, he's been here online many times before. I bumped into him yesterday, and he made a comment to me, and I, I, I got to thank him. He, he said, Tony, you know, I love your show. You are single-handedly eliminating the phrase land pimp from our vocabulary. Uh, well, thank you, Steve. Steve Wallace, I got to say, we're, we're doing what we can. Uh, this is one of the reasons why our show is here, so that listeners can know and understand much more about real estate. Because, you know, generally speaking, the news that's out there about people buying or selling uh, or about realtors is just bad news. And you know what? It's not always bad news. There's a lot of great examples out there, not only of um, buyers and sellers who have done well, but also realtors who are really good people. And I'm glad to call many of them uh, my friends. Again, today we're going to be talking about eliminating stubborn odors from your home and also talking about moss removal. We're going to take a quick little break here, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Jason Story. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. You know, about uh, 20, what's the math here? Almost 30 years ago. I had a home in the Mount Tommy area, and I was younger back then. One day I decided, hey, the roof there is looking kind of mossy because there was a big tree that was in our backyard. And I decided to climb up with a ladder, and I was on the roof for an afternoon. And, you know, when you're on a roof, you start really feeling the height because uh, it was a two-story house. So I was a good 25 or 30 feet over the ground. And what I was doing was I was brushing off moss off the roof because I just didn't like the look of it. Uh, Of course, as time goes on, you start learning about things. I discovered that it's not a good thing for people to be up on the roof because the roof is a very important membrane. Uh, Now, I mentioned earlier, a Susan called in to our show here because she wanted to learn more about moss removal. And as a result, we have in our studio right now, Jason Story with Perfectly Clear Window uh, Cleaning and Gutter Maintenance. Jason, thanks. This is your second visit. Thanks for coming back. It is. Thanks for having me back. All right. So um, the moss on the roof, let's talk about that first of all. Um, (laughs) You know, there are some construction methods nowadays that have grass and organics on a roof although they're still minimal. The vast majority of roofs are asphalt shingle or fiberglass um, uh, composite. Uh, Now, we see moss on roofs. Why does moss grow on roofs? Well, it's 
predominantly a West Coast phenomenon. It's simply the uh, the damp winters that we have. Uh, it doesn't get cold enough over the winters here like it does in many of many parts in the rest of Canada, where uh, it actually the, the temperatures kill the moss year after year every mm-hmm. winter. Um, and then, of course, with all the trees that we have here on the West Coast, it. Uh, it uh, also uh, yeah, they, because the trees are like uh, dropping or or sapping yeah. or whatever. Well, and they ca- they cause shade. You'll notice that the moss grows predominantly on the north side Correct. of the roofs. Yeah. And then if there's a tree that also shades another portion of the roof so that the sun doesn't get a chance to get to that part of the roof, even though it's not north facing, you can often get moss on those areas as well. Well, and this is the reason why sometimes when you look at a roof, the roof looks wet. Yeah, it looks soggy on part of the roof and not necessarily the other part, which would be the south side where it's getting a lot of sun, and Absolutely. and the roof heats up and and the moisture evaporates, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what what kind of damage can moss do to a roof? Well, in the early stages, it's just starting to uh, get underneath the top part of the shingles, just a little bit into the cracks. It's it's not really causing a whole bunch of damage, but if left there to grow and untreated, uh, especially if it starts to grow large and, and yeah, you see those big chunks like those, and they're, they're yeah. like, they're like fist size, uh, yeah. growths of moss. Or sometimes right? they grow almost like a complete carpet over a whole area. We have seen that. Yeah. yeah. And, and it reaches a point sometimes where I won't touch a roof for moss removal, where the moss has grown to such a point that it, the moss in a sense has become the first part of the membrane to keep water out to keep water out it's sat it gets saturated with rainwater and kind of <laughs> i stress kind of yeah. keeps the water from permeating further into the house and of course at that time it's it's only it's only a matter a short matter of time before you're going to get a leak and to try and remove the moss at that stage is just going to make it far, far worse it's time to it's time to re-roof yeah, and you know we've had roofers on the show before as as well. the The biggest thing, of course, is that the the moss will lift up the seam. There's a lot of seams in a roof, especially in an old style asphalt uh, T lock roof, right? Yes. Yeah, and, and not so much nowadays in the uh, uh, the fiberglass uh, shingle, but but still, when when those shingles are lifted up, I mean, all it takes is a little bit of rain and some wind, and you start getting a soggy yeah structure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's. Yeah, once once the underside of that membrane is wet, it's you got to re-roof in a hurry. Yeah, give us some give us some examples. I mean, you you bump into this all the time. Uh, uh, what's what's a nasty one you've seen? I mean, uh, well, you just you talked about the, the old-fashioned T lock shingles. I I actually went out to do an estimate just the other day, and uh, the, the chap there said that they had the moss removed two years ago. I I I think he may have just remembered that incorrectly, okay. um, because the moss was. Um, you know, it was the old T-shingles, and so the moss had formed around all four cracks. So you have all these interlocking squares of moss, almost like a checkerboard, yeah. covering the entire roof. The property was completely shaded with trees, so it was on all sides of the roof. Yeah. And I wouldn't touch it. I It wouldn't surprise me if it was actually failing in some places right now. Mm-hmm. And so the underside of the membrane would be wet. They might not have water coming through the drywall in their, in, in, in the building yet. But they're probably not going up into the attic exactly. to see what's underneath the sheeting. If they room. went up there, they would probably see some damp spots, especially when we get some heavier rains this 
Yeah, and people need to know too. I mean, that's that's often the start of a catastrophic failure in the roof because when the sh- when the sheathing gets sheathing gets uh, damp, then yeah. it can get into things like the um, the roof trusses and and you know uh, insulation starts getting wet and and um, it is interesting because when people start seeing uh, drips or leaks in the drywall in their ceilings. That is usually, I mean, it's been happening for a long yes, time. That's that, not like the first. That's not a new week. problem. No, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, we're here with Jason Story from Perfectly Clear uh, Window Maintenance and Gutter Cleaning. Uh, I, w- I opened up by talking about the story about me being on the roof. And one of the things that I, I did not realize was when I was on the roof there, uh, you know, you get those granules on the roofing material. Yes. And... When I was up on the roof, of course, first of all, I will never do that again, right? I'm okay with heights, but I'm older now, and I don't love the idea of accidentally falling off a roof, right? Uh, But the other thing, too, is when I was up there, I noticed all these granules falling off and rolling into the gutters. Yes. uh, And, and of course, I have since learned that those granules are there for a reason. Yes. Yeah. They're part of the roofing membrane uh, designed to keep the water off of the the next layer below. Um, But yeah, uh, a a roof loses its granules. uh, With wind over time. Yeah, over time it loses its granules anyways. Um, And especially in the first few years of its life and then especially at the end of its life. Hmm. Um, But constantly throughout. And of course when you go up on a roof and you're walking around on those granules, you're, you, you are making matters worse. Anytime you go on a roof, anytime you do anything to a roof, it's wear and tear on that roof, just like rain and wind is. Anything up there is wear and tear. So even when we're doing moss removal and moss treatment or gutter cleaning, mm-hmm. uh, anytime you, wanna, you, you need to get up on a roof, you want to minimize the damage that you're doing. You have to get up there to do the work, yeah. but you want to minimize it. You, you, you want to minimize yeah, that. Yeah, so it's not a good idea to, for a 200-pound fella to be up there on a roof like every couple of months no. walking around. It's not made for that, right? No, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, with the moss removal, because this is this is a big part of your business. I mean, you're window cleaning and you do gutters. Yes. Um, what? Tell us about the process. Like, what? How does it? Uh, how does it go? Uh, well, there's uh, there's a number of different ways and a number of schools of thought on on how to treat the moss. Um, what we do is uh, a two-step process. The first step we may or may not do, depending on how much moss is there um, and how big the problem is. But the first step is obviously to sweep and brush off any of the loose, bulbous, large moss. Mm-hmm. We, again, because we don't want to uh, cause too much wear and tear on the roof, we don't go to town with a broom or... Yeah, you're not, you're not like chiseling off. No, yeah. so so oftentimes we'll pull a couple of barrels of moss off the roof. But as far as the homeowner's concerned, when they look back up at the roof, they still see widespread moss. Yeah. It might not be as thick and bulbous. It might be flatter to the surface of the roof. But they still see moss up, up there after we're done that first stage. And that's why we ha- then have a second stage, which is actually treating the remaining moss. Mm-hmm. Um now, there's a number of different products that, that people and companies use to, yes. to treat the moss, right? Yeah. Yeah, you've got a secret product yourself. <laughs> secret, yes. Uh, big, big secret. Yeah. Laundry detergent. Okay. <laughs> we, uh, we spread no-name laundry detergent, not with uh, bleach or phosphates in it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, um, the way that that works is that moss has to grow uh, 
in an acidic soil or an acidic Ooh, base. We start getting into chemistry. We hey, do hey, a little bit. Hey, yes. hold on a second. You, you hold that thought because we're going to take a quick little break here in just a moment. Uh, we're going to have Jason Story from Perfectly Clear Window Maintenance and Gutter Cleaning back online to pick up this conversation, this chemistry conversation about moss removal uh, on the roof. Uh, and then afterwards, we're going to be joined by Andrew McElveen from BioSweep Victoria. We're taking that quick little break. We'll be back uh, with you in just a moment. The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. And I do want to say to all of you listeners right now, both Lori and Denise, thank you for calling in. They receive a lot of phone calls every week from people who are very curious about mortgages or insurance. They are very pleased to be part of our show, and most of you listeners know that we do have them here as regular guests. They are great people. And for the rest of you, if you would like that opinion about insurance or mortgages, get in touch with them. You can find their contact information on the cfax1070.com website. I, before the break here, was chatting with Jason Story from Perfectly Clear Window Maintenance and Gutter Cleaning. The topic right now is moss removal from roofs. We had talked about the importance of staying off your roof because they're not meant to be walked on on a regular basis. We also talked about how moss can start the process of deterioration it deter- oh my goodness, the word is a uh, jumble for me right now. Anyways, it's bad, bad for the roof because water and wind can start causing the structure to rot. Now, uh, before the break, we were talking about the process of getting moss off. Uh, Jason, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. So the two-step process, and yes. uh, you talked about the first step, which was sweeping off the big stuff, yep. the big bits. And the second yep. one is applying... A- Applying detergent, yes. yeah. So, so we use no-name laundry detergent uh, because moss uh, likes to grow uh, on an acidic yes. surface. Yeah, we were talking about chemistry. Yes. yes. All right. And so, if you remove that acidic surface, uh, then it, it simply can't grow and it will die off over time. Mm-hmm. So, all laundry detergents um, are the other end of the pH spectrum. They're a base, and so you can simply spread the laundry detergent out like chicken feed mm-hmm. uh, across the roof and then let weather take its course. Um, You're waiting you, for the next rain. Or yeah, yeah, well, it, it's funny. You do have to get a little bit lucky with the weather and perhaps you then need to do a second application if you're not all that lucky with the weather the first time round. I have seen it work in uh, a matter of a few days when we've applied it and then we've had a misty sort of drizzle and just morning dew so that it's been able to soak into the roof uh, for a, a few days, and then we had an absolute torrential downpour after that, which simply washed all the dead moss off the roof. However, I have seen it applied in the springtime, where it's had a chance with the morning dew to sort of soak in for a little bit, and then you no longer saw the detergent on there over the summer months, mm-hmm. and you saw the moss turn brown and whatnot and so you knew kind of knew it was dead but just you know, waiting for that just next waiting for that and so you know it's it's been you know six months later yeah and what i'll often tell people is you know if if come next season or whatever six months from now you've still got some remnants up there uh, give us a call and we'll come and just do the second part of this process we'll just come and do another application speaking of, of the, the call detergent. if somebody needs to reach you how, how do they do that 
Uh, yeah, uh, you can reach us at uh, uh, 250-213-8159. Uh, that's our Victoria number. Uh, or you can reach us in Duncan at 250-701-3094. Or you can reach us in Nanaimo. And you know what? The number in Nanaimo escapes me and I don't have it to Well, go right online, now. actually. The website but is go best. go online, yeah. absolutely. You can find all of our phone numbers. And they all ring into our central office anyways. Yeah. Um, and you can find us online at www.perfectly-clear.ca. Great. Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. You service uh, basically all the way up Nanaimo, right? Yep, north, north Nanaimo, Nanaimo uh, Lanceville, all the way down to the greater Victoria area and Souk. Yeah, great. Um, so we're used to seeing this now. We see dust, you know, white dust on roofs, and people have asked me, what is that? Well, we know what's happening. It's probably Jason uh, <laughs> having, having done their treatment, just waiting for that rain to come, right? Yeah. How often do people do this usually? The moss treatment, uh, you know... Not as often, perhaps, as they should when they have problem areas. Um, a lot of people do it because they're getting ready to sell. Yes. And, of course, the, the, the treatment portion of that doesn't necessarily work out so yeah. well because if you, you, have, time, if you have it up there yeah. for a while. Um, but uh, I would say if you have a moss issue and you want to keep it at bay and you live under a bunch of trees and here on the West Coast, you're probably, and if you're not, you should be, getting your gutters cleaned on an, at least an annual basis. Yes. Once a year, you should be getting your gutters cleaned as a course of maintenance. Yes. Have us spread the detergent at the same time. Because you're Once up there. a year. Yes. And it'll keep the moss at bay. Even if there is no moss, certainly the north sides or the shady portions of the roof, and, and it'll mean you never have a problem with the moss in the first place. Yeah, and again, you're talking about controlling that pH level. It's that chemistry yes, lesson there, exactly, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all about roof health, making sure that roof uh, remains healthy. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us, Jason. Thank uh, you. And I have to say, last time you were here, we got a number of phone calls looking for your number. So we, you're a popular guy. Yeah, we, we uh, received a number of calls directly off the back of uh, coming on this radio show. So thank you. Thanks for coming, Jason. All right, we're here. This is the Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. We just had Jason's story from Perfectly Clear Window Maintenance and Gutter Cleaning. My next guest here in the studio is Andrew McElveen. Andrew is with BioSweep Victoria. He's the island manager here. BioSweep Victoria provides a chemical-free green technology specifically designed for odor removal and indoor air decontamination. Andrew, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, I'm excited about this because we haven't had someone in your business come and talk, and we've had a number of people ask, actually, for this. Um, tell us about BioSweep. BioSweep is, uh, like you said, it's chemical-free green technology. We come in and we remove odors through, again, we'll go back to the chemistry we were talking about yes, earlier. Yes, chemistry day. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't add anything to the environment, but we use what is already there to change its, I guess, uh, change its chemical makeup uh, to help us in the process of removing any and all indoor odors. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I was on your website because I always like uh, doing research before and I saw the video. So there's this animated video there that explains there's equipment that comes in the house. That's correct. And um, it, it, it looks like from an atomic level, they're um, uh, removing things that... Uh, uh, smells in order, smoke, uh, pets, uh, things like that, right? Yes, uh, all, as well as pet dander, uh, allergens, bacteria, anything that's going to cause an odor or in 
cause indoor air quality to be less than what we w- would want it to be. Yeah, this is often a, a big topic for people who are especially selling their house because the pet one is a big one. You know, us, we pet lovers love our pets and often cannot in our own home smell uh, our pets. So you're kind of smiling right now. This well, must I have be a cat right. at home, so I understand this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, things like smoke. Smoke's another big one, too, because there is that, uh, there's that general thought out there that smoke smells, you know, people who smoke in their house, houses, smoking smells can never be removed. Like, uh, how, how do you feel about that? Um, with the proper cleaning uh, beforehand and uh, use of my treatment, uh, I like to guarantee smoke odor removal as well. A- again, it comes down to, um, to source removal. So if you've got a, a place that somebody smoked in and you don't clean things properly, I can run my treatment and we're going to still find little pockets of odor that are coming back. So it, like I said, it comes down to uh, source removal, proper cleaning, and then having my treatment come in. Yeah, when somebody calls you for, for a treatment, what's, what's the process? Like what happens? Uh, process is uh, I come in and I take a look and I sort of advise uh, my clients on what's going on, how we can you know help them in whatever situation. Um, when it comes to removing those odors, I'd like to try to get in there as early as possible before the work starts to get done so that I can help them, you know, point things out that I've run into with my experience in the job for the last three years, noticing little places where pockets of odor have sat and uh, maybe didn't get cleaned. So I'd run my treatment and then the odors are in those pockets and we have to clean them afterwards. Mm -hmm. So if I can get in with the clients beforehand and help them figure those areas out, it's uh you know offers more success for the treatment. Yeah, and the treatment itself. So the equipment comes in. Yeah, yeah. I bring it in. Um, we have. <laughs> so like how many say? how many units? Because it depends on the size of the house. I'm guessing. Correctly, right. yes. Um, I have eight units. Uh, with that, I can I can do approximately about 8,000 square feet of space treated all at once. If I had a great big home in Victoria, we could uh, we could treat that much space all at once. Uh, anything more than that, I've got uh, contacts in Vancouver for BioSweep Western Canada, and we've got enough gear to come over and, and cover massive warehouses. Good stuff. Well, listen, we, we've got to take a quick little break here, but we're here speaking right now with Andrew McElveen from BioSweep Victoria talking about order elimination. Uh, we'll take our break. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for joining us here on The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. We're talking about odor neutrali- neutralization and how a company, BioSuite Victoria, can help you with your odor needs. Andrew McElveen, thanks again for coming. And thanks for having me, Tony. Yeah, so we before the break, we were talking about uh, the equipment. So you bring these units into the home. Uh, how long do they, does the process usually take when you get those going? Um, it really varies on the size of the space and the strength of the odor. So if it's really strong odor in there, sometimes it can take just a little bit longer. But an average treatment um, for me to set up my equipment and run my treatment be out is six to eight hours in your average home. Okay. Now, the thing that I did notice on the website is uh, the owners and their pets should be out of the house during the process, right? That's correct. People, plants, and pets are the only thing I'm not safe to be uh, treating on. Yes. Okay, because what happens? Um... What happens when I set up my equipment is I'm I'm super oxygenating that space. Um, I'm creating a gas of hydrogen peroxide. So we all know um, 
you know, the disinfectant qualities of hydrogen peroxide. You get a cut on your hand, you used to put it on, it would bubble and foam. Yep. That's what I'm doing to the air and the bacteria in that space. Wow. So when I set it up, um, it just produces this cloud of um, vaporized hydrogen peroxide and a few other little chemical uh, mix-ups that it, that it uh, converts the water and air in that space into. And then it gets into all the nooks and crannies and little spots in that space to just kill any bacteria or odor-causing molecules. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing it's completely safe. Uh, otherwise, I mean, how do, do, do are people concerned about that? And they go, "What do you mean, no plants or animals?" What? <laughs> yes, um, it's completely safe. And what happens because what uh, the change that I'm forcing uh, water and air to go through, it doesn't like to be changed. So once I stop running my equipment, it wants to revert back to its natural form as, as fast as it possibly can. Mm -hmm. So if I run a six-hour treatment, about an hour after that treatment. Everything that, that's in there is gone back to a, a neutral level and people can go in and out of that space. Yeah. And we're talking, uh, you know, not so the air, uh, but also things like uh, upholstery, fabrics, uh, uh, drapes, you betcha. Uh, bedding, all of that stuff, right? All of it is treatable. Um, leathers, silks, satins, any really? of your finer materials, uh, even paintings. Uh, we've done lots of work in different places, uh, art galleries, saddle shops, and we've been able to run our equipment with uh, no uh, ill harm to any of those those materials. Okay, now how lasting is the treatment when it's done? I, again, that's going to come back to that uh, source removal. So if we've removed that source and it's no longer there, then the odor should be gone completely. Okay, so I'm guessing one of the sources could be uh, if you want to get the smoking spell, smell out, uh, the smoker should not be smoking in the house afterwards, right? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, the listeners, I'm, I'm sure, do know smell is one of those things that is so important. I mean, uh, we every once in a while have people say, why don't I just, you know, I'm shopping online, looking at houses. I'm looking at the pictures. I see everything I need. You know, why don't people just buy houses by looking online? It's because we have not yet created the te technology for people to smell what the house is like. You can't, you know, smell is a biggie because a house can be very attractive. But when you walk in, uh, you know, people react differently to different smells. Yes. Let's face it. We talked about the pet thing. Uh, I was on an airplane uh, the other day, and the guy, I'm not a smoker, but the guy in front of me obviously had just come from the bar and had smoked five packs of cigarettes. It's not nice being in close proximity with, with that. And I, I don't mean to offend those who, you know, who, who do, but I'm just saying I react differently to, to that particular smell, right? Uh, it, it's, a, it's a huge thing for people who are uh, thinking of selling their home or just keeping a healthy home in general, right? For sure. Uh, indoor air quality is always huge, and that's something that we can help with, uh, and I, I love that part of my business. All right, I've got a question to ask you, uh, Andrew, because I'm dealing with it myself. I, I have an older dog. Uh, he's 13. Uh, he is, you know, he's getting old, and he's making more mistakes in the house than, uh, than a puppy actually would. Uh, so, you know, we've got beautiful carpets in the house, but I got to tell you, even I walk in and I'm like, "Woo!" I get a little whiff there of uh, the dog urine. Uh, you guys treat that too, right? We do treat that. Um, what I've found on some cases, though, is depends on the saturation level of the carpets, on whether they can be salvaged or not. Um, we've had some where it was minimal, 
and I've ran my treatment in there and the odor was gone completely. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had somewhere, the, you know, I've run my treatment and the carpets still need to be uh, removed. I've worked with some good carpet cleaning people who can, can do wonders, but sometimes it's just so far embedded in there that nothing we do can get it out. Oh, and that's the problem because it's, if it's surface on the carpet, it's fine. If it's gone through the carpet into the underlay and into the, into the, um, the subfloor, the subfloor, then that's a problem, right? We've, we've run into that a few times where we've had to seal the subfloors, remove the carpet and the underlay, then treat and then bring in new carpet. So it, it does happen. I like to try to save as many of those, uh, those carpets or contents or anything as possible, but sometimes it's, they're just non-recoverable. Yeah, we're here with Andrew McElveen, who is the island manager of BioSweep Victoria, where they help you remove odors and help with air quality uh, in the house. Um, give us an example of 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 a of one that scared you at the start, but ended up being a, a success story. Um, I didn't prepare you for this. <laughs> no, you didn't. But yes. it's okay. Um, I've done. A couple, um, well, I've done many different odors. One that kind of scared me was actually for a family member. They had a dog, um, very loved member of the family, you know, good 12-year-old. She was going through rough times at the end, and they wouldn't even, they didn't want people coming over to their house because same thing, you know, she was having accidents and causing things. And I remember going in there and we went in there with barely cleaning carpets and, and not doing much. And when I ran my process in there, um, we got rid of that odor completely, which surprised uh, my family member and myself really, because I thought we would have to do some more deeper cleaning in there. But uh, we were able to get that out completely and they were you know, super happy to have friends come over and nobody was commenting on, oh, it was an embarrassment. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So it, that was fun. Um, we've done many different odors from from cooking. That that was another good one. Um, uh, cigarette odor is another fun one. Sometimes it's uh, you know they scare me when I walk in and I walk out going, "Phew, that was that that worked." It was awesome Gosh. to see how well that worked, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, people are people's noses are different, yeah. so it's really tough sometimes to to gauge what you're smelling as opposed to what I'm smelling. So yeah. that's, that's, it's very, it's a very interesting industry in the fact that, uh, there is that difference and getting in there and, and helping people get back into their homes is huge. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that, um, getting perfume spray and air fresheners in a house for us in the real estate business, when we were going through homes and you get that big whiff of, uh, air freshener, like you know, they're covering something up. They're masking something. They're masking else. something. So this is, uh, you know, your your treatment is very natural treatment, and it goes to the source instead of just masking, right? That's correct. Removal. Yeah. Let's talk a moment about ozone because that that's something that people I think are used to uh, to hearing about when it comes to odor neutralization. Your process is very different, though, right? Yes, it is. Um, we do actually create some ozone, but it's a byproduct of the process that I'm actually putting in place in that home. So we are there to produce that vaporized hydrogen peroxide. And as the, if you get a chance to check out the video on our website, it does break down our equipment very well. And it shows the UV light inside Mm -hmm. as the water and air passes through, it's creating ozone as a byproduct there. So we got O3 ozone, Mm -hmm. hydrogen peroxide, singlet oxygen, and a few other things that are just going to come out and completely neutralize any odors. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. When somebody does a process like this in, in the home, like how, how lasting can it, when we sort of asked that, you know, we talked about this a little bit and as you said, it depends on the source, right? Mm-hmm. But how often, like you're getting repeat customers uh, calling you back or? Um, I do get repeat customers. Yeah. You know, somebody with a tenant um, just wants to freshen that up for the next, next guest. Uh, even a hotel room that maybe somebody smoked in for a weekend, you know, they couldn't get anything. I can come in and remove that for the next guest. Yeah. Uh, so I do get some repeat business that way. Yes. But I like to try and uh, one-time service people and then, you know, move on to the next person because if I can get that odor out, then we're, we're golden for everybody, right? Nice. And you have a guarantee as well. You betcha. We try to guarantee every process that we do. Yeah, and that's got to be tough because yeah. every, everyone is different, right? It is tough, yes. Yeah, I mean, you, you have had to walk into a house where you go, oh, my goodness, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a couple. <laughs> oh, God. Um, you know, on the website, too, they're talking about things. You're talking about things like the cooking smell, smoking, mold. So you cover mold, uh, disaster, and fire uh, restoration? That's correct. Mold, we work hand-in-hand hand with some of the local companies here in town because mm-hmm. um, there's remediation work that needs to be done on that before I can run my process. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with uh, with restoration companies and fire and floods and that sort of area. Um we work hand in hand with nearly every company in town in that regards. Yeah, and the other one too that I saw was dead animal. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, how often does that happen? Um, not as often, but it does happen. I mean, we've got we've got rodents here. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. So um, we've had some where you know a rodent has gotten in and and died somewhere and nobody knows where. That's where I I come in very well in that regards too as a source identification tool. So that rodent may have died in the upstairs bedroom corner, but the odor is permeating the entire space. So how do you figure out where that is? That's where I can come in as well. So I'll run a treatment in there and find out exactly where something is off-gassing and causing that odor. Interesting. Yeah, we had a conversation with a pet uh, uh, specialist some time ago on the show here, and he had reminded how poison is a bad thing because the rodent eats the poison and runs to where they like to hang out in the house, and that's where they die. Yeah, and sometimes you don't know where that is. You oftentimes. uh, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, If people need to reach you, Andrew, what's the best way? Uh, Best way is uh, phone number 250-216-6262. Or uh, our website, um, www.biosweepvictoria.ca. Great. And, um, again, the video is there. That's great for people to watch. Uh, very interesting, Andrew. Looking forward to uh, uh, to seeing what you do for our clients in the near future. Here. Uh, Jason Story was with us today as well, too. Jason, thanks for talking about moss re- removal. How can people reach you again? Your website? Uh, www.perfectly-clear.ca. That's fantastic. Thank you very much, guys, for coming. And as a reminder to our guests here, our show's had so many great guests, like these two here, Andrew and Jason. We're always looking for more. Uh, If you have a business or product that is home or real estate related uh, and would like to guest on this program, let me know. Or if you have questions about something like Susan did about moss removal, don't be shy. Give us a call. Our phone number, again, is 250-414-6540 or find us on the CFAX website, cfax1070.com. You'll find our show, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe, and all of our contact information is there. Thanks very much for listening. As always, every week, thanks to our guest today. I'm Tony Joe. I'll be here for you this time next week.